listening to the Rural Roundup for the latest news in agriculture. I'm Kerry Hammond for the Farm Advisory Service. We caught up with Tiffany McTaggart this week to find out what's been happening in the rural sector. So what's the Roundup, Tiffany? Hello and welcome to Rural Roundup. I'm Tiffany McTaggart from SAC Consulting, bringing you this week's Rural Roundup. This week, I'm going to be talking about water scarcity, interest rates, and the economic conditions of crofting survey. At the time of recording, there's water scarcity warnings across the east of Scotland. Parts of the Scottish borders is now in significant scarcity situation. At significant scarcity level, SEPA can suspend abstraction licenses to protect the sustainability of the local water environment and is taking action in affected areas. Further up the coast and up into Aberdeenshire, moderate scarcity can also be seen. Have a look at the weekly SEPA report to keep up to date. The recent interest rate rise by the European Central Bank of 0.5% signals a step up in the tone of the response to months of rapidly increasing commodity prices and spiralling inflation. The rise is the first in 11 years and inflation has never been higher in the Eurozone. What is interesting about current inflation is that it is supply-led rather than demand-led. This is due to the lack of availability of commodities and the speed of production. Further interest rate rises are predicted in the coming months. For farming businesses, this will directly impact any unsecured lending and increase finance costs. As inflation continues and the direction of travel for interest rates appears to be clear, it may also be a good time to consider what financing arrangements are in place and to see if any amounts could be fixed to help alleviate pressure of future interest rate changes. It is important that farmers consider their cash flow forecasts and consider what an increase in interest rates may mean for their specific business to ensure resilience. And finally, for those of you on Crofts, you may have been invited to take part in a survey of the economic conditions of crofting. This is online, via post or over the phone. The survey will provide valuable information on the uses and financial situation of Crofts in 2019 to 2022. The information gathered will help to inform future Scottish Government crofting policy development. In addition, the Crofting Commission will also use the results to help focus resources on the factors which will be of most benefit to crofting. Unique links have been sent to applicable crofters. The deadline for postal responses is Friday the 26th of August. So if you haven't already filled it in, please get it sent back now, with telephone interviews taking place from Friday the 2nd of September. If you are a crofter, remember we have a podcast dedicated to crofters called Crofting Matters, so check it out via the link in the show notes below. Thank you for listening. See you again next time. We have Sasha Grierson and Finlay Ross from the Farm Advisory Service joining us to tell us more about a new search function on the Farm Advisory Service website. Over to you, Sasha. Hi, Kerry. Thanks for having us on. I'm Sasha Grierson and I'm here with Finlay Ross today and we're here to talk about uh, a new search function uh, which is a digital improvement to the faz.scot website. Farmers are busy people, they've maybe got half an hour at the end of the day to sit down, reflect on the day, think about what went right, 
More importantly, what went wrong, because that tends to be what happens on farms. We spend a lot of time problem solving. We wanted people to be able to access resources quickly and also to be access, to access a manageable number of resources that were more that addressed the problems that they were having in quite a specific way. We've all had that time where we've searched the web for something and we've come up with 40 pages of resources and none of which address what we the problem that we've got. So out of this kind of thinking was born the concept of a new search function called QuickFaz. It's available at faz.scot forward slash QuickFaz. And you can choose your area of farming that you're, that you're asking your question about. So most recently, uh, Finlay and myself have been working on the arable farming section of, of the resources in the website and, and developing the tool for, for this specialism. So Finlay, what did you think about, how, about the work that we were doing? Yeah, hi, Sasha. Yep. Uh, very happy to be involved with this project. I think it's um, certainly a kind of project that's going to hopefully help farmers, uh, you know, be able to find what they're needing and not be bogged down in lots of articles that have no relation to what they're wanting to look for, really. So, as you say, the first first meeting we had um was uh, an interesting one where we had all this information, we had all these different outputs that FAS have done over the years and we had to try and consolidate them into manageable categories what's relevant in different sections might not be relevant in other sections and that makes a search tool not very useful if there's unrelevant information in the wrong place so what we had to do is figure out what arable farmers crop guys what do they want to be looking for what are they most likely to do and then we put them into columns that's effectively what we did sounds simple but took a considerable amount of time <laughs> Yeah, I think Finley, that's that's exactly it. We very much had to kind of put our shift our own minds and our own thinking from how are we going to produce some information to how do we actually receive information. Now that sounds like a really simple thing to do, but it's actually much harder to think like a user. But it's actually really really important that we do think like a user. You know, we are the farm advisory service, therefore we have to actually. We have to try to get inside the heads of people who are actually out there in the field. So it's great to have your experience in the room. So Finley, you identified that there was a key area there, which is probably really important at the moment around nutrient budgeting that you wanted to provide some information on. And I'm wondering if you'd like to talk a little bit about that just now. Yes, Sasha. Uh through the project, going through all the publications that FAS have uh, have put out over the years, it was there were some gaps that we would like to have filled or we would like to flesh out a bit more. And certainly one that uh, is an, an interest to myself is uh, nutrient budgeting. Um, I was actually on a previous episode of the 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 rural roundup speaking about it and that's had led that has led on to a, a publication that will be uh, released soon um, that just puts a bit more meat on the bones as it were when it comes to nutrient budgeting. Um, and I think this is pitched at a kind of, not a beginner's level, not a complete novice, but somewhere in between that and very experienced. It's pitched at somewhere who's looking to improve things and looking to basically where to start and how to move it forward. Um, certainly with uh, this 
current fertiliser prices and future fertiliser prices, it's bringing nutrient budgeting into sharper and sharper focus. So I think having a budget in place gives someone a framework to work with, somewhere to start and um, somewhere to, to move forward with. Going through this, it's, it's, it can be quite a difficult concept to understand to begin with, but we have some fact sheets which are uh, freely uh, available on the far, uh, Farm Advisory Service website, technical notes that talk you through where the figures come from, why you put that much kilos of nitrogen on a wheat crop, say, that's had X, X amount of dung and is going for distilling. Where are these figures coming from? How do you get to them? Again, these are freely uh, available on the Farm Advisory Service website and the links are included in the publishing so that we can go, go to them and you can help to understand where these figures come from. But if there was a take-home message from it, there's three simple take-home messages that we wanted to, to work on and that was sampling. Get your soils tested. Know what you're working with and start. You can't begin a nutrient budget without knowing where you are to start with. Second was measure. Know what your tonnage or your volume of nutrient nutrients you have available. Is that fertilizer? How much have you got? If it's uh, organic manures, if it's dung, if it's slurry, how much have you got? It can be a difficult thing to quantify, but if we narrow the field, narrow the the tonnage is down to you know a reasonable estimate. It might be an estimate, but if we've got that, then we can work on it. We can work on a plan and get better with it. And lastly, compromise. We're never going to get it hundred percent. You know, we're never going to get it down to the last kilo. But if if the trend is going upwards, if it's going in the right place, then it's a great place to start from. Thanks, Finley. Those are three really good messages, really clear messages from that publication. I've read it and I think it'll be a nice addition to the arable farming tool. A big thanks to Sasha and Finlay for joining us to tell us more about the quick, fast search tool. Please check the show notes for a link and you can try it out for yourself. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to get in touch via our contact details. We stopped by for our regular catch-up with George Chalmers in Turriff and Robert Ramsey in Ayr to hear their thoughts on the recent weather. Hi Robert, what's the weather like with you just now? Hi George, yeah, um, changed. So we've had, obviously we had a few days there of a remarkably warm, dry, haymaking, good combining weather and now we're into what summer used to be like so we're into a heavy rain lots of it and very welcome rain as well but uh, certainly there's a, a big difference getting the big jacket back on and the wellies back on in the morning anyway yeah well we have had a we've had a very dry summer and uh, the last 48 hours we've had rain and it and it's been welcome rain uh it's interrupted the harvest spring barley's been you know people started the spring barley and uh now there's welcome rain yeah, no, it's good to see. And certainly when you see what's the Scottish drought situation is interesting viewing, but when you see what's happening down south, you just hope those guys are getting a, a good smatter in the rain when they need it as well. It's probably too little too late in a lot of places. We've had rain. Um, it's going to help a lot of the grass. There's people not got grass. Uh, second cuts. It's just not happened up here. Um, just because of the, the lack of moisture. Um, so that's going to cause problems later in the year. Yeah, see, we're on the, certainly not the opposite, but we've had a, a, a really 
close to ideal season. You know, we've, it was pretty wet when dairy first cuts were happening, but since then we've had, you know, some really good dry weeks and interspersed with good useful rain back and forward so we are grass wise in, in Ayrshire and southwest Scotland is going going really well in fact we are a lot less dry this year than we were last year this time last year we were really struggling and this year we're probably in as, as close to ideal a, a position as we could be second cuts have been big uh, and harvest you know certainly winter winter barley's gone well and we're just getting into spring stuff and it looks as if there'll be a good window later this week and into next week for for more of the same so it's it's interesting just you know we're not that far apart but climate wise we've got a, a pretty different different scenario and I, I did read a uh, with interest or he- heard with interest as well how things are going in, in in the extreme northwest and you know they've had a really difficult time with far too much water and no heat so interesting how small a country we can can have such a variety of weather across it I, th- I think just the east coast has been very dry and Fife advanced an irrigation ban, which for a lot of crops, it's it's not going to make a big difference, but certainly the big veg guys and that, it's, it's going to have an impact there, undoubtedly. Uh, although this rain will have helped. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And the, the problem is really that impact, particularly at the, the veg, the potato end of things, that impact gets back to the consumer really pretty quick. You know, food food's becoming very, very relevant. And, you know, it's amazing. A consumer sitting in a city probably doesn't think or wouldn't see yesterday's good weather of pouring rain. They would have a different view of it, but it's so close to their pockets. I don't think they know how close it is. Um, I, know, I know up here, you know, it's brilliant harvesting weather. People have been, you know, the, Grain 13, 14, 15% moisture, un, unheard of. Uh, it, it, it's almost too warm, you know, at times. Uh, they're having to cool the grain before they can move it off farm. It's created another set of problems. People are looking to establish winter crops. Uh, there's been people holding off so in a rollseed rate because it's just been too dry. Um, and now we've got rain and it's it's not it's not too wet yet, but certainly people are now having to hold off just until it dries out a wee bit. Yeah. What about straw, George? What's happening? We are hearing, you hear lots of stories about what's happening with straw and everyone's chopping it and things, but is there, are you seeing a lot of bales out in fields? Um, Not really, no. Um, the spring barley, it's never been very tall. Um, it's just, It seems to have been a, quite a short growing season or, or and it struggled. The early sowing stuff really struggled. Um, and we're a, a good 10 days earlier than normal. And that never usually means it's going to be a bumper crop. Grain-wise, it looks it looks fine. It looks okay, better than feared. Um, but straw-wise, uh, I've seen some fields cut, and there does not look to be the normal amount of bales. Not a disaster by any stretch, but less than you less than you'd like. Mm-hmm. And I think for us down here, it's really important to have that. So have a conversation with whoever you get your straw from and just make sure you can get what you need and is there ways you can alter that system uh, to use a bit less or use you know produce even look to produce some some at home the following year you know is there is there ways of flipping the system in its head and, and reforming it i think that's and it comes back to your um carbon audits emissions and what, what have you yeah anything you can do to reduce your whether you're extending your grazing period or um Find an alternative bedding sources. 
reduces your reliance on the, the, and buying in straw. And, and some straw is carted miles and miles. It just makes your business a bit more resilient going forward. And that's the critical thing for us all for the next, you know, 10 years or the rest of our careers is, you know, resilience and efficiency. And, and the more we can do just now, the better place we'll be in in years to come. This week, I met Hamish Logan, a food and farming consultant at Savills. Hamish, what's on your desk? So just now on my desk is uh, working with various different contract farmers around the country, um, managing contract farming agreements for clients and landowners, uh, both arable and livestock, um, and having various meetings, management meetings uh, with both contractor and the farmer. And also finishing off some of the year-end reports of uh, last year's 2021 harvest um, and looking forward to sort of 2023 harvest and doing some of the budgets, um, which is quite hard to uh, budget for right now, just with everything uh, being quite uh, fluctuant and volatile uh, in the recent circumstances. So working in the rural sector, I've always I was brought up on a family farm in East Lothian, uh, arable and potato farm. So I've always sort of been involved with rural or farming life um, throughout my throughout growing up, um, from helping at harvest time um, and running around with dad uh, at summer uh, during summer holidays as much as I could. Um, and then I knew I wanted to go away and do something first, or go away and work uh, and did something slightly different, still within the rural sector. So I ended up going to Harper Adams University down in Shropshire and studied agriculture with farm business management. Uh, one of the reasons why I went down there was because it had a placement year. So it gave me a bit of an opportunity to go and experience another sort of sector. Um, so I ended up actually, I was also at Savills uh, during my placement year doing food and farming, working in the food and farming team in Perth. And then um, I enjoyed sort of working with sort of quite hands-on what's actually happening on the ground with farmers uh, and landowners around the country. So I then went back to uni, did my final year, went away traveling for a bit, and then I uh, managed to come back to Savills um, in Perth as well. And now I sort of work between both Perth and Edinburgh offices just because I'm based in Edinburgh. Um, and so I've always, always really been in the rural sort of sector growing up so I just sort of I knew I wanted to be involved with it but I didn't really know what um but uh, eventually I'll probably end up going back to the family farm at some point but I don't really know when um and and I enjoy I enjoy my job too much to to think about going back uh, just now so both best of both worlds to be honest with you because I can go out and about with with farmers and landowners and also go home to the family farm in summer and help at harvest time which is looming quite quickly <laughs> uh, just now. Every client is different. Every farm is different, whether it's livestock or arable. But even though um, an arable enterprise might just have winter cropping, it might have veg crops as well. Like it's just very varying. All businesses are very different. So I think the variety that you come across is actually really enjoyable and really makes the job very interesting and varied when you're working on different places around the country and I also very fortunate that I cover a large area of Scotland so I do get to travel around the country which is 
quite good compared to potentially being focused on one smaller area. So I've got clients up in Aberdeenshire, Inverness, and I cross over to the West Coast as well, as well as predominantly majority of my clients are probably around about, so your Perthshire, Angus, Fife area. Um, but yeah, across the whole country, down to the borders, right up into Inverness. So yeah, it's quite varied, which is quite, which makes it more enjoyable and interesting as well. Probably quite passion outside of work is probably uh, horse racing. I do follow a lot of horse racing just because my grandpa has always been, I could probably, I probably first went to a race course in a pram before I could even walk um, with my granny and grandpa. Uh, and I just always had that sort of in my blood. Then when I went to uni as well down south, uh, just a lot of connections were into it as well. And so that's probably my main passion that I follow outside of work. I do a lot of cycling as well curling golf so plenty to keep me busy so something that i am looking forward to getting involved with over the next uh, few months is working with uh, clients as i said planning for 2023 but and also as i say a lot of volatility happening in 2023 and a number of clients have been in touch with us about asm problems and concerns they might have about the changing input prices which um, i'm looking forward to working on and helping them uh, budget and reforecast uh, for some of these challenges um, that potentially are coming forward but if anybody else has any of these sort of uh, queries or problems then definitely more than happy to help and uh, see if we can resolve some of the um, budgeting queries or anything like that in the future thank you for listening to this episode of the rural roundup if you like the show, please follow or subscribe to make sure that you get notified each time a new episode is available. Please feel free to leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you need to contact us, you can find all of our contact details in the show notes. See you back here in a fortnight. The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.